Welcome to the Psychic Guys. Today we're joined by Paula Roberts, aka the English Psychic. With an illustrious career working as a psychic very much in the public eye, Paula has featured in the award-winning documentary The Caballion, as well as cult classic TV show Unsolved Mysteries. But there's something about Paula that even those familiar with her work might not know. She was a great friend of Ingo Swan, the visionary artist and psychic who developed controlled remote viewing for the U.S. government's psychic spying program. Welcome, Paula. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Lovely, lovely to see you all. Thank you for asking me. So I think we've all got our little list of things we've been curious to ask you about. Um, Daz or Josh, would you like to go first? I've I've got a, a whole little uh, list that I've been <laughs> writing this week. So, I, I think we go, we all have this same question. To be honest, Paula, I'm curious how uh, what the circumstances led to you being on Fox News and giving your uh, your oh, terror. Okay, reading. yeah, people have asked me that now. Um, if you happen to look at my archive in the University of West Georgia, hint, hint, you'll see I've done an enormous amount of television. I had my own little television live local for 16 years here. So um, I'm on everybody's roster, even if they don't know it's a new person. It's like you want a psychic who's done work. It's me because I hadn't, I hadn't done a, a TV thing for a while. So they called me up because we did it on a Tuesday. It was the 2nd of January. I think they called me on a Friday and said, you know, we'd like you on. I said, and they originally asked me to do a reading on air for the host. I thought, well, that's not a good idea, but, you know, I didn't say anything. And then they changed that to saying, you know, would you do one card? I said, and then he said, he being the, the booker, they're all about 19 years old. In any case, he said, uh, what will you be wearing? And I said, well, of course, nice velvet jacket, purple, and purple. and he said, mm, um, have you got anything a little bit more, um, those, he didn't actually say gypsy, but sort of hard reader. I said, yes. And I said, I've got the most outrageous wig. Great, he said. <laughs> so I went on down in the afternoon. Now, what they did, which wasn't obvious to anybody watching the street, because that particular show had not used me before, they pre-recorded because I kept saying, you know, don't worry about me. I know what I'm doing. But, you know, they didn't know that. And uh, so a couple of things that tells you. First of all, we know Trump's, sorry, wash my mouth up with soap, uh, Fox's party line. They did not, a couple of things, they didn't have to show it at all. Or they could have edited. It went out exactly as was. So somebody really wanted that out there, whatever the party line is. And what a lot of people didn't realize is, wasn't perhaps obvious to some people. We were having a laugh and a joke. I'm a ham. We were joking it up. I mean, people say, oh, they were so nervous. And, oh, we were having a laugh. But also, um, and I think it was obvious, when I arrived, I put these stack of cards in front of me and um, Jessica, don't touch anything. So I really did just smooth them out and pick one up. So there was no sleight of hand, no hocus pocus, nothing. It was exactly, and for the people who know me, um, had it been, I'm talking about that person who's, we know who we're talking about. Um, had I seen enormous success victory, I would have said that. 
thrown up afterwards, but I would have said that. <laughs> but that's, and then, and I, all I said, and then people are saying, oh, she had the death card. No, I didn't. She said she would lo- he would lose the election. I didn't mention the election. But shortly afterwards, he just lost 83.5 million from that civil case. So, And he's up for losing 370 million. I think that's anybody's idea of losses. So that's how they came about me. So since that reading, I wonder, I I assume other people have asked for similar political readings. Have the cards stayed relatively consistent in that or have you not really been doing it? I mean, no, clients are only interested reasonably, I mean, the vast majority in their own lives. Um, Nobody, but also another thing, I mean, I can never look at anything that there is too much information about. I mean, I couldn't look now in any way psychically tell you anything about the, the election because I know too much. That's why when I work with clients, I say to them, don't tell me anything. Not Don't, don't tell me anything. I need to operate in a pure manner, not knowing anything. And of course, you know, when, when elections, I've got <laughs> distinct desires as to what I want. But so, yeah, no, but people aren't asking that, no. No, no. They're asking about their own life, which is interesting when you come to think about it, because there I was in a fancy dress um, in three and a half minutes talking about different, but people have realized that, I guess they look to my website, whatever, that, you know, I do personal readings. Yeah. So you don't only do tarot, is that correct? Well, uh, interesting question, because people say to me, you know, clients, well, I say, the thing is, if I use chicken entrails on the floor, disgusting, there's only one thing that matters. Am I accurate? I use tarot as a vehicle, but if you see my resume, I'm a, I'm all sorts of other things. So I'm not really reading cards. I mean, I've, I've put a video out about tarot a long time ago, but then I said, well, you know, the thing is, if somebody's got a good memory, they can memorize the cards. Does that mean they can do a clarifying reading? No, of course it doesn't. So do I use the vehicle? It, if the vehicle of the tarot when I'm doing client work allows me to access the the information more quickly. But am I reading tarot? I've been out of business many years ago if I was just reading tarot. <laughs> Anybody could do that, yeah. So do you work without the cards sometimes? No, no, no. no. Well, I mean, only clients strictly with a tarot. Yeah. I also do a handwriting analysis with clients, but that's not psychic. That's a different thing. Mm. And your... Um, uh, your viral effect from the uh, from the broadcast. How, how many millions did you reach in the end? Oh well, uh, after three days, there were twenty million hits because it went on yeah. every single wire service, and that was after three days. What it finishes up at, I do not know. My own website has got nine thousand hits, yeah. um, but I'd love to know a final number because it's got. I mean, twenty million is fast. You know, I, I like geography. There's a relevance to that. Twenty million approximately, give or take, is the entire population of London and New York. When you think of it that way, I mean, you can get your head around a number. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's vast. It's yeah. vast. But the thing, you know, all over the world, people are chatting about me and they can be out opinions about me and um, pondering me. And it, it, it's very strange. It's very, very, very strange. Well, I'm disappointed that you didn't wear your wig and your turban and bring a crystal ball this evening. To be fair, we didn't ask. We really ought to. We ought to start. I didn't know it was time. an option. Can I have a wig as well? Yes. <laughs> I think you ought to borrow Paula's now. Yeah. I should buy one, especially for the show for next week. 
<laughs> I'm always up for laughing. Oh, super. Maybe, oh, maybe we'll make that a uh, gimmick for the next episode. <laughs> Everybody will dress up as somebody else. Someone can be me and be a black screen. Oh, I've got all sorts of because I, I sometimes do. Probably won't anymore, but I aged events. I've got a variety of wonderful costumes. Mm. We should have said. <laughs> have you ever tried, tried with your your ball? I have one myself, but I, I must admit, I haven't. I haven't used mine for many years. You, 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 you what, you've got a gypsy outfit or a crystal no, ball? I wish. No, I have a crystal ball, but I haven't used mine for many years. Do you, you, you use yours at all still? No, when I was um, back in London, I was looking at various um, associations or disciplines or whatever, scrying. Um, I tried. It just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but there was one thing that I tried. Experiments are probably off topic, off topic never mind. Um what is it? Halloween. Sit in a darkened room with a candle and a mirror. Oh, that is scary. That is scary. <laughs> because I can see my face changing. And yeah. that, I mean, very little scares me. That was scary. It's not necessarily a psychic phenomenon, that, is it? There's some explanation for your brain gets confused in the dark or something. But I, I know oh, a few people who've tried that. Well... I think it was transfiguration. Mm. I, I I've never seen. tried it myself. It's scary. Well, Maybe this is just a bit of a... Yes, you say that now. You say that now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let you know how I guess on. Does it have to be um, Halloween? No, 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 no. Any time. It has to be a completely dark room. You, the mirror, candle, you. Mm. I, uh, I'm Paul Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say these techniques, these scrying techniques. Were you were you taught those at, at, at an early age? I was not taught anything, and that's a really really important thing uh, about me, which is why I don't teach because I was never taught anything. Have I told you about the the story about the Spiritualist Association of Great Britain? No, Let me tell you again. Okay, fine. Um, I lived around the corner to. The, it was in Belgrave Square then, and I huddled myself around and they had something called um, the Young Spiritualists, whatever, development class, whatever. So I went once or twice and there was a young, supposedly hotshot medium with the class and there were about, let's say there were six of us. I remember this very clearly. We were up in the classic room, so small. And he asked us all to put a piece of jewellery into a tray or something. Now, bear in mind, I knew nothing about anything, nothing, nothing, nothing. So um, we all picked up whatever and I immediately got, he said, you know, to think, whatever, meditate on it for a couple of minutes. And I immediately got pain down my arm. And I could see sort of me as an old man in front of a row house, terrace house with a green door and any case. So, so he started off the other way around. He, he was sitting next to me. I was like, he started the other way. And people got sort of tinkly music or starbursts or whatever. So he came to me and I said, oh, I've got this. And he grabbed it out of my hand and said, oh, well, that, that, that's my grandfather. And he died of a heart attack and turned his back to me. And I, I thought, there's, there's something wrong with this picture. But I, 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 think, I think maybe, I think maybe I've perhaps only got it. But then that was, I, I've done a lot of experimental work because I always say yes to an experiment. And that brings us to another thing. I read somewhere. I guess I was looking, it doesn't matter, online. Um, why do all psychics and spiritualists hate each other? I thought, well, I know why. Because they all do. Because, I mean, he thought he was, but I hit it out of the ballpark. I, I was just telling you what I saw. And, um, and 
it was a very small room. I've got he, he turned it back on me, which was very hard because. So that was the end of that. Yeah. But to go back to your question, I've never been taught to do anything. Okay, excellent. Which is why um, Ingo liked the few things that I did because he knew that I didn't know anything. So whatever I get, like the ghost hunting, the unsolved mysteries. Somebody said, "Well, I don't even know." She didn't say about the ghost hunting. I don't know. She called it experiment, and off I went and found this serial music thing. So to go back to, I've never been taught anything. Excellent. Yeah. Whatever it is I can do, I can just do. But also, I suppose I'm a bit brave. If somebody says, like somebody did, um, it was a homie a few years ago, it doesn't matter when, could I come out to some old inn and do a live seance? Oh, yes, I says. <laughs> I got a lot of the information before I even went there. And it was an old-fashioned old sort of play. But the thing about that is people have seen television shows and they want names and telephone numbers. And yeah. Anyway, so that, that's a long answer to the question. Thanks for that. Excellent. So when you did this seance, you say you got a lot of the information before. Did you feel like you were communicating with the spirits of the departed or was it just an information no, thing and a bit more oh, dry? Well, you said, do I think I was? Let me tell you. So I saw a few people. One person, um, he was sitting astride a great big shiny um, motorbike. Very proud. He was in black leathers. And I just sort of saw him. Okay. Then... I saw a woman totally dressed in yellow. And then I saw, all I saw was a great big red bushy beard. Now, you've got to bear in mind something here. Um, living in New York, there are almost no redheads or blondes. Everybody's dark. But I just got this big bushy beard. Okay, so so when I went there, I said to him before we started, sitting around, um, I got to tell you a few things I got in advance. I said, I've got this man, standing on the bridge. He was apparently a local sort of, icon, legend, whatever, friend of them all, who had been killed on his motorbike not long before. Okay. The big bushy beard, the manager said, I know who that is. He used to be a wine merchant, and he used to deliver wine to that man when he was in the city. And when he, the man with the bushy beard, heard about this place that he was setting up, he put coits into the garden, which apparently had broken just before um, not long before I arrived, and he'd committed suicide not long before. Oh, yeah. The woman in yellow, yellow hat, was the mother of the man who asked me to come along, and so on and so on. So do I think I was speaking spirits? Oh, yeah, I was. Because, you see, the thing is, it's got to be specific. I used to go to a lot of those spiritual churches. Um, some, of, some of the things I heard were just, but, you know, you've got a rose from heaven and love. <laughs> oh, please, oh, please, stop it, just stop it. So, I mean, do I think I was talking spirit? Sure, I was talking to spirit. When we do remote viewing, we, we would be able to get information like that and describe people and maybe not think about it as we are speaking to the spirit. We might think we're looking it up in some database or the Akashic records or, or whatever. Do you think you could tell the difference between that? Do you have a sort of conversation and a real sense of the person when you're doing that kind of thing? Um, I got, with these particular things, um, I got more when I was actually there. These particular three persons, they were like photographs. Mm. They weren't animated, they weren't moving, they were just like photographs. But I knew they were relevant, that much I knew. I didn't know how. But I knew they were relevant. But then they asked me to do, you know, some spontaneous things, and I knew a bit more about the actual people I was talking about 
for the oh funny thing that's now my niece was visiting at that time and she was way at the back and she popped her hand no i let's back up i got a very strange image and i never edit in the i got an elderly woman sort of short and stout dressed like shirley temple so i talked about this one and my niece said well may i say something and i said sure she used to do what they call in England car boot sales. And there was a woman who came there fairly regularly. She doesn't know her, who sewed antique dolls. And that's exactly how she dressed. Now, was she anything to do with my niece? No. Was she unmistakably the same person? Absolutely. Mm. Why? Why? I don't, I don't know why, but she decided to pop in. Yeah. It's really weird, that, isn't it? I mean, did she bring a, a message about where to pick up fantastic car boot sale bargains or something? Or was it just <laughs> no, no, the no. image of her? It, it, it's just, um, I like to say they pop in to say hello. Mm -hmm. That's that's the way I like to um, to view them. They pop in. Just, but, I mean, you think about that. My niece probably hadn't seen her for years. She, didn't, she never spoke to the woman. She was nothing to do with it. But that description, I mean, how are you? Elderly woman, do you know? Short and stout, dressed like Shelley Temple. The answer is none. I mean, you, you can't mistake that. You cannot mistake that. So, yeah. So, speaking with the dead and this sort of thing, I, I guess, isn't your main business, though, is it? Uh, well, that's a matter of opinion. Um, people sometimes do, or I see people around them. Um, I, I do. Sometimes people ask about people who've died or relatives, and I can quite often get something about them or sometimes they oh well, let me tell you a funny story i've had full of funny stories we'll be here one night okay. um i i saw a woman for the first time um and when i looked at the reading i could see her mother very close by but i, I tell you what i said i said oh that's interesting but your mother here she's gone on a very very long journey and when she settles in she'll be fine so did the reading at the end she said her mother was living with her Six weeks before, she's gone for a little nap on the couch. And I, I, you'd think I was being cute. You'd think I was saying, oh, your mother's just died. That isn't the information I got. She's gone on a long journey. She's going to be fine when she settles in. That's what I was given. Hmm. So, um, yeah. So you have to report it, whatever you get, and hope that it has oh, meaning for you. I, 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 I never add. I never detract. I never edit. Though when I'm dealing with clients, one thing I try to do as best as I can is to gauge the strength of the client because it's all in the delivery. It's um, it's how you put the information across that's really, really important. But um, her mother, I mean, I don't like I don't like the terminology of the field. I don't want to say, oh, her mother, you know, was sending her a message that she's fine and not mm. to worry. I don't do all that sort of thing. I just told her what I see. Can I go back for a moment to managing how you communicate with clients? Because I think that's a really important thing for any working psychic. There's mm. there's like the, the cliche of you spend half your time with young women coming to ask you whether they should get back oh, together no, no, with their abusive no, boyfriends, no, no, you know. No, 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 no. Not, not my clientele, no, no, no. Oh, I no, knew, no. Not oh, yours, of course not yours. Paula has <laughs> standards, David. Yes, I'm sorry. No, 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 but, but, but I mean, when you're saying that, that is absolutely cliche of the only mm. sort of person that come to me. Uh, no, I mean, you get a few, but I, I mean, looking back over the, no, I get very serious people. And the funny thing is, I mean, I deal with some people who 
I am consulting with regularly on billion-dollar projects. I guess it must be getting something right because they keep talking to me. No, um, my clients are basically everybody, everybody. It, it, there isn't one. The, the, you know, the young woman getting back, probably not back with the boyfriend. That, that's, no. <laughs> it's happened, but, but no. Could you that give was... us a little crash course in communication with clients where, as you say, you've got to judge the, the strength of the client, as you put oh, it. Oh, okay. Because you, you don't want to edit your data, but also you don't want to upset somebody so that they can't hear the message. Well, as I said, I'm a professionally grained graphologist, trained graphologist, handwriting analyst. So I always start looking at the, at the client's own handwriting. And that gives me an indication. This is all, I'm not sort of sitting there thinking how strong, but it, I've been doing this a long time. But that gives me an indication of the strength of the client. And then, um, but all during this time, as I said, they're not allowed to talk, and I do the general reading. And um, that's an interesting question because let's say for argument's sake, well, obviously I do get my information from somewhere else. When you've mentioned, is it they who give me the information in a way that the client would find more acceptable? Or is it mm. me? That's an interesting question. It's more interesting than perhaps you thought it was. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this, the thing about the woman and the, the wife, I mean, that would be, in my terms, you know, the mother saying, you know, don't worry about things, just fine. And, yeah. yeah. But do you ever get stuff where you go, oh, that's a bit rich, that's a bit much? And you sort of soften the delivery, or does it just all come out? I, I, I have to keep um, a friendly poker face. I cannot, as best I can, react. Because, uh, after all, I mean, I'm very Aquarian. <laughs> is, um, the information is nothing to do with me personally. So, I mean, if people are sort of reacting and doing theatre, that's, no, I'm more serious than that. I don't, um, but you know, sometimes I, I see something and I, I ponder very quickly how to present this, but I don't go into it. I mean, okay, put it this way. It's nothing like the Fox thing, <laughs> but I was kind of it off and having a good old time. No, um, because the thing is, even if it seems to be me, to me, something trivial, it isn't to the client. It's not trivial towards the client, it's their life. So do I carry on? No. No, no, no. I, I mean, it's a question also of respect. Mm. I mean, well, quite... I didn't mean uh, carrying on. I meant sort of softening the blow if you see something really shocking or obsessing that you would want well, to deliver it in a, a gentler way. Yeah, uh, let's put this another way. I mean, some people ring up and say, "Well, I only want good news." Well, I'm not the person for you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. You know, that's your best friend. There, there, there. Never mind. I just tell you what I see. Um, something, I think that all comes in a question of ability with the language, how you actually say what you're seeing. Mm. I mean, it's um, it's not quite one size, but I've been doing this for so long, it's, it's not a conscious thing anymore. Mm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of what I say is not at all what the client wants to hear, but if they only want to hear what they want to hear, this is not their person. Um, and I do think it's fairly obvious to most clients that it's not personal. If I think you're going to lose your job and never going to see your boyfriend again, it's not anything that I'm wishing for them. And I think they understand that, if that answers your question. Yes, thank you. 
Paula, if I can ask a question, uh, uh, I'm curious, is I don't think I've asked you this one. Have you ever had a, a, a near-death experience yourself? No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. I mean, I, I sometimes wonder if I had, how much more <laughs> would I be? It'd be hard to imagine. But no, I haven't. No, no. And your your views uh, on everything, uh, with with all your experiences, do you do you believe that there you know there is an afterlife as people kind of oh, experience absolutely. it? Oh, I mean, um, I'm aware. I'm trying not to get tearful. That my mother and my brother sometimes draw very close to me, and I'm very aware of them. Oh, absolutely, there is. I mean, there's a, yeah. Otherwise, I couldn't be a spiritualist. Yeah, and am I, am I aware of the people? Well, those two particularly, they pop in and say hello. Yes. I've told you the story about Ingo popping in, have I? No, I'll tell you. Oh, I don't know. Definitely tell Do us. tell. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, I'd met the librarian of the University of West Georgia at some film about Ingo, whatever. Um, and she called me some time afterwards and she left me a message. That was Friday afternoon. This is relevant. It was about five o'clock. So I didn't pick up until later. And she asked me to submit my papers. And I thought, I've got a lot of photographs of me and Ingo because I was always running around snapping pictures. I thought, oh, perhaps she means that. Okay. So um, I rang, rang her back on Monday or whatever it was and said, you know, um, what actually did you mean? And she said, well, you're very well known. Your work. Uh, Ingo was right beside me giggling. That was the only time he made an appointment. He appeared. He was right beside me giggling. He thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, recently, uh, this last year at the International Remote Viewing Association Conference, they had a presentation where they had, uh, I, I forget the name of it, I want to say it's Instrumental Transcommunication, like a, a spirit box yeah. session where they interviewed Ingo. I was wondering if you, have you ever had any kind of experience with that sort of method for contacting the dead, that whole ask the machine and it pulls random sounds out of the air and creates some sort of message? Let me tell you something. I've got a friend. Um, this is relevant. I'm not just rambling on. Um, he and I often go out, well, do experiments together. I always say when I'm talking about him, have you seen the sixth sense? Because he sees externally, I see internally. And we've got, we hold no truck with gadgets and whatever. And <laughs> no, we're, we're not a gadget sort of people. We can just so um, now, am I saying it has no value? I've no idea. It's not something I have the slightest interest in, uh, except the random, um, the demon, demon. Uh, what is it? The demon, random demon numbers thing that George Hansen did. That was interesting because I used to go up with Mike Mickey Mayer and George Hansen was with, and he had this machine. Are you are you aware of the random number generator? Yeah. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Okay. So um, he, I would be doing my thing, and he'd be in the corner. And it would just spew numbers. But when he was apparently in an area where something was happening, they were no longer random. And that's the only time I've had any dealings with a machine. And that wasn't me. That was mm. me. But, um, I mean, I see that. No, I don't see. I've seen slight, small little clips of those television shows where they're running around with their gadgets. <laughs> oh, please. So uh, the answer is no. Hmm. I feel no. like those things can, just like you've talked about using tarot cards as a sort of vehicle, I, hmm. I suspect those sorts of things can provide a vehicle for some oh, people. Yes, yes, yes. Because I, I, I've, I've listened to them. They have these videos on YouTube where they, they record this stuff and it sounds like rubbish. And then they subtitle it with their interpretation. 
and you read it, and then you can sort of hear it once. You, and if you cover the subtitles up, suddenly it sounds like rubbish again. <laughs> yeah. well, okay, well, I, 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 I will just say I have not experienced that. So there we go. <laughs> so, um, but the thing is, I mean, I, we've got um, my friend and I, Carl Petrie, we're going to do a ghost hunt townhouse. Um, what we do is we go in, because we've got very strict rules for ourselves. We go in, oh, do you know how go, um, paranormal investigation is done properly? Do you know how it's done properly? No, no. Oh, let me tell you. These are days gone by. Um, I used to work with Dr. Michael e. Mayer. So what happens, the very first thing is, if you think you've got something going on, you contact her. This no longer exists, but bear with me. And then the first thing that she does is she gives you a psychological test. Because perhaps you're seeing pink, pink elephant stuff. Okay, so if there is some reason to suppose there's some activity, then the next thing that happens is a blueprint is taken of the entire property, every cupboard, everything, whatever. Then she'd call, oh, days gone by, I wish, um, the proper big investigator, six sensitives and six skeptics. And then we'd be met at the property. The property had to be completely empty. And we'd be met by a blind assistant. A blind assistant meant they knew where the property, but they had no idea at all about any particular spot. So you couldn't pick up anything from that. So we'd go in with our piece of paper and mark up. Now, I'm not very good at maths, but suppose in one room, the top right-hand corner, that's got activity. So if you just mark that, you get a score of 100. But if you then think the left-hand corner has also got activity, which hasn't, it reduces the number. It is all very that that's those days have gone, but that was wonderful because it was it was so strictly done. Hmm. And then also I did several things with her, and I was always her top scorer. So she was she was only taking one person, it would be me. Hmm. So that's how it was done back in the day, and that just no longer exists. And then she she'd write pages and pages in the journal of psycho whatever it was. It's all dissected and whatever, but um that was good. I like that. Because, I mean, that is um, validation. Hmm. But, yeah. Do you need validation then? Do you still sometimes go, no, 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 this is no, no, all, no. you know, am I making this up? <laughs> oh, well, oh that, that, yeah, that's, that's a better question than perhaps you know. When I was starting to do readings, um, that's exactly what it feels like. Exactly. No, let me back back up. Um, I met an English woman here, and it was fairly relevant. Just well, you know, how are we going to develop this? We decided to work at parties because parties, technically by law, you're entertainment. So if you get it right, you don't right. So we, I did a lot of testing that way. Yeah. But at the beginning, when I sort of hang my shekel out, um, it does feel like making up a story. But that's at the very, very beginning, and then you realise the story actually is relevant to the person. So does it feel like a story at the beginning when you first were here? Oh, it did with me, yes. Was it just practice that allowed you to kind of have oh, confidence yes. in the process and just... Yes, yes. You have to build... I mean, what you're doing, I mean, one is aware is something very strange. <laughs> I mean, it, it's... it's You have to get a certain amount of um, validation, feedback. Otherwise... You're just telling stories. You might not be, but you're not going to know. So hmm. you build confidence that way. Oh, there's another point at that. But that um, one of the perhaps you know some of your people starting out might find value um, at the very, very, very deepest level. You can't 
be bothered about what anybody else thinks about it. Not your family, not your best friend. And you, it, you can't just pay lip service to that. It takes a while. You've got to truly not care because you can't. You cannot care because you're basically, you're weird, you're strange, you're persona non gratis, and we're not going to talk about that. Okay, fine. But you can't take it personally. Mm. And that's, that's really, really important which is why I don't live in England, but that's another story. <laughs> when you did live in England, is that, uh, I mean, I know your story, but uh, the guests on the show don't, you know, and all the listeners, uh, is that when your kind of like psychic career started? or and um, Well, not exactly. It's, um, I was looking around. I mean, I, I knew I was surrounded by, didn't know what they call the spirit when I was very, very, very young. So, I mean, I wasn't, I was trying to earn a living as the worst secretary you could have bottom man to pay the rent and whatever. I never had the conscious thought that, oh, I'm going to be a psychic. It, it didn't enter my mind. But um, I looked at a couple, no, let me, let me work backwards. When I was putting together my archive, which turned out to be 90 pounds of material, and it took a long time to put together, I could then see every step that I took in my entire life that brought me to this point. But when I'm bumbling along, I was just bumbling along doing whatever. Um, I didn't know I was on the path, but I was. That answers the question. Excellent. And is it? Do you? Is there a lot more? Or do you find there's a lot more uh, client base and acceptance in in the US than there in the UK? Um, well, no. We see the thing is, as, as you know very well, um, clairvoyants are extremely common in England. I mean, it, it, it's it's cultural. It's it's in the DNA. But uh, not here. And then, of course, here, I'm a bit exotic as well. So, and I, I, I and because I, perhaps the way I look or I talk or anything, it has a certain gravitas to what I do in their minds. So, yeah, I mean, and um, I've got a serious background. So do people take me seriously? Oh, yes, they just certainly do. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yes, I think in the UK... It's sort of a, a taboo topic that people make fun of, but then privately everybody's talking to psychics and has had all these experiences yeah. and stuff. But you know, nobody nobody wants to talk about it publicly in case because you don't want to be made, you know. okay. Because you don't want to be made to look foolish. Whereas mm. me, my silly hat and whatever, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Um, but I mean, if you were to ask me amongst my friends and family, who do I think? understands what I do well almost none of them um do they believe in what I do because this isn't a belief system um probably not um but that can't be of interest to me I, I can't you know, it's, yeah. um, I know what I can do my clients know what I can do otherwise I mean I've been doing this for a very 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 long time and by the law of averages when you start out you can always do a certain amount of one-off business but if you're not getting right, they're not coming back and they're not sending their friends. So you're out of business very, very quickly. So you know that you're getting above average correctly. Yeah. And then also, I mean, I don't deal, I mean, the people I deal with are, off, um, I mean, most of them are fairly serious people. Yeah. I mean, they're not 18-year-olds um, about their boyfriends. <laughs> There's always a few other, but I, 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 I'm, thinking, especially with this flurry of new business, they're a serious bunch from all over the world. They talk about their careers or which countries they might go live. It, it's, yeah, 
I'm rambling on. What would you say you're like, if you were to paint a picture of your average client, what, what is the uh, typical? Oh, oh, there isn't, there isn't. I always say to everybody, I deal with everybody, every nationality, every belief system, every, um, oh, everybody, everybody. Sometimes I say, you can't imagine the breadth of people that I deal with that you would never know goes to somebody like me. You'd never know some of them. So it, it's everybody. It's absolutely everybody. Because I've got very strict rules for myself. I never talk about who my clients are. And I, old school, I got Romadex cards going back forty years to who said that. Um, nobody ever sees. The only time I would ever mention somebody that's is if they've already died. But basically, I don't. Um, so people know total discretion. And so people tell me things that they don't, don't tell anybody else. I forget about them five minutes later after they're gone. But um, it, it, it's what I call a safe space. Hmm. Everybody, people um, can rely upon my discretion because I've got very strict rules for myself. I think as somebody working in this field, the assumption and to a lesser extent, the reality is that you kind of know all that stuff if you want to anyway. So there's not really any point in trying to keep secrets when you're in that kind of relationship, is there? It's sort of, would you, do, you, do you think oh, yeah. if, uh, so, you know, somebody came to you with ulterior motives or who was up to something dodgy, do you think you would feel that, and, you know, if, if they were using your information to do harm in the world, do you think you'd kind of catch that? I don't think I've really come across that. I mean, a long time ago, there were a couple of people that <clears throat> they never knew that I was really nervous having them around. Because they came in with guns. I'm not waving guns, but I made it. And um, but my relevant. My mother was a social worker, so she, in a formal way, told me how to deal with people that you might think, "Oh my God!" But they're never going to know. You deal with them. You deal with them as if. You think everything's fine, everything. And then I put a little star in their car, and they didn't get to see me again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, there were a couple, just a few, yeah, yeah, alarming people, three to be precise. But it's a long time ago. Mm. I mean, I said they're more frightened of me. Clients come in much more nervous of me than I am of them. Well, quite because you know their secrets. I've heard, uh, and I won't say where I heard this from, <laughs> but somebody working in this field who had a um. A murderer. I was thinking them that story. Their services. Yeah. And uh, they reported, you know, this terrible event that had taken place. And, oh, my God, it was you. And that, the person was actually using them for kind of closure because they couldn't tell anybody that they'd committed this crime. Oh, okay. um, and they couldn't put it in writing or on the phone. So they got the psychic to tell them so it wasn't admissible. And, you know, they were on the phone with this person under an alias or, or something. I mean, what a weird situation to be in. Right. I did have a client who was murdered, and I knew by whom, but nobody had actually committed a murder. But it is a, a totally safe space. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the, the only things I haven't come across were murder and any form of um, child molestation. I mean, I had victims of, but nobody I knew that was the perpetrator. Yeah. Mm. So, um, but it, I did have an interesting case where somebody was murdered, and I knew what was going on. Well, I, I saw it in a different way. And I went to the police, knowing that they were going to think, oh, so, and I told them exactly who it was and it, how they could, but, well. They, they, were they ever they brought had, to justice? No, 
I'll tell you the story. It's a long time ago. Um, an interesting woman, she was from Eastern European, doesn't matter where. And she and her husband had come here and made, they'd done very, very, very well. They had a son who was severely disabled, which broke up the marriage. And she was taking care of the child. And I saw her only twice. And the second time, it was just coming up to Thanksgiving. Yeah. And she talked about, she had a court case, literally, on the Monday to try to get some more child support or whatever. And I said to her, I remember very, very clearly, not to worry about a thing, everything was going to be absolutely fine. Now, at that point, I lived in a small studio and I had the television on. I was in the kitchen. I couldn't hear very well, but I heard something about a murder. Now, this is not uncommon in Europe, but I came out, something drew me out. She'd been gunned down two days before. And I knew who it was. I mean, I knew who it was. I mean, maybe we didn't pull the trigger, but I knew it was a husband. So, but also I always give, insist that clients have a tape. And I thought, hmm. So I went to local precincts and I said, you know, I know you're going to think, never mind. But if you listen to the tape, which he won't have known about, so he couldn't have taken away, you will hear exactly what I said and her fears of him. But he was never brought to justice. But again, I saw, and I wasn't being cute, I saw that everything would be fine, which, of course, a spiritualist was fine for her. Yes, she was She was gone. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that yeah. was very sad, yeah. So you said everything will be fine rather than you win the court case. Oh, yes, no, no. I guess it, uh, the information I got, like the woman, um, not to worry about things, everything will be absolutely fine, or worse to that effect. Which, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> I suppose she didn't need to worry about the court case, did she? Well, well that, that's exactly it. But you see, that's the information that was given to me. Yeah, I, I didn't make it up. That's what whoever yeah. or whatever wanted to to tell her. But it, it was a hit. It was just one shot, and yeah, it was a hit. So yeah, he was <laughs> taking a slightly different tact, like the rest of us. Um, have you ever tried to use your your natural talents to maybe? Uh, affect or win things like the lottery or I know. come on you know that doesn't work but let me tell you something <laughs> which also you know yeah. if by some sort of happenstance you receive an unusual amount of money you will get a bill unexpected for almost exactly that same sort of money you know this you know this <laughs> i did know one person I'm not sure of her truthfulness, and she was at the time quite well-known in my field, and she swore blind that she could influence the tables down at Atlantic City. I do not know. I don't know. She used to say so. But the old law is, you know, I mean, if you're so good at this, why are you working? Because you could... Uh, <laughs> uh, you know that. <laughs> we, we hear that one a lot, uh, but I thought I'd have to ask. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm going to ask you. What is your theory about why we can't do it? Because we certainly know that you can't. We've all tried. There you go. Um, I think it would be, what comes to my mind is it would be a perversion of the gift. It's, um, it's, it's supposed to be to help other people as I see it. Mind you, it'd be nice to help ourselves and pay the rent for the next two years. But that would be nice. But well, it would, wouldn't it? We can't, I mean, some people have had a bit more success with the lottery, doing it in groups, or doing numbers for other people. And then you are helping somebody else. But, I mean, it's still very tricky. Yeah. I, 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 I've never tried because I, I uh, yeah. But funny enough, my mother 
there's no story, as you know. If you're good at lucky in gambling, you're not lucky in love. And she only gambled on the, the Derby and the Grand National. And more often than not, she got both right. But, I mean, we're talking, you know, pound here and there. Yeah, yeah. But she, she, she got them right just about every year. But, yeah, I, I, I'm not – I don't think anybody in my field – well, I'm not talking about anybody, let's talk about me. I'm not in any way addicted to – Anything, not alcohol, not gambling, not anything. Um, I don't think it would work well with my field, my work. Well, yeah. So uh, in, inferring from that statement and kind of extrapolating a little bit, do you then view Psy as like a uh, extra human gift, like something outside that maybe some higher power chooses to bestow on someone versus a uh, innate human ability that anybody can develop? Or what are your theories? Absolutely. It may, I mean, you've got it or you haven't got it. You, what you, if you choose to embrace it, as I had. But um, I think what I'm saying all along is it comes from somewhere else. Because, I mean, I always say, I, me, know nothing. But I get, I don't like to call them messages, but yeah. So is it external? Yeah. But uh, a gift is very difficult to describe because um, a gift, as you will say, there's nothing clever about what I do. It's not clever. I could just do it. Um, it's not learned. I don't think you can learn it. You just have it. But um, in my particular case, all I can say is I did embrace it. I did allow it. And I think other people can be extremely gifted, but they, they lead more um, conventional lives. And it doesn't work very well if you have, I don't know, a partner and children and, and I mean, it's nothing I don't think you could do, you know, after the children go to bed at eight o'clock at night or whatever, then you can be, it, it, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I don't think that worked very well. Mm. So, you, so is it external? Why have I been given it? I have no idea. But I did allow it. Yeah. So. And it hasn't, I mean, let's, I mean, if I'm painting a nice rosy picture um, of how easy it's been. <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah. So uh, as we're getting to the 50-minute uh, mark, I have a couple rapid-fire tarot-related questions for you, just because Please. I feel like I'd probably be remiss in my duty if I didn't ask you about them. <laughs> so uh, in... A lot of mainstream tarot reader culture, there's this idea that uh, you aren't supposed to buy your first deck of cards, that it's supposed to be gifted to you. Is that a mine, belief you share? Mine was. Mine was oh, I can say mine was, but it wasn't, there wasn't any purpose in it. A friend gave them to me. So, I, I mean, I don't, um, I don't go by these rules. I'm not one for rules, but... Me neither. My, 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 my first one was actually given to me so um, that's my only answer to that but does i i don't like i like iconoclastic after all i don't like it's got to be this and it's got to be that and it, no no you can go off to your local occult store and after all, the thing about a terror is i mean over the years people have given me all sorts of beautiful packs which mean absolutely nothing to me at all they're very pretty you you have to have a feeling for whichever pack you're going to use I agree, and that was going to lead into my next question. I was wondering, I noticed on Fox you were using a Rider Waite Smith deck. I was wondering if you happened to ever use the Thoth tarot deck or any of the other 
systems I've like Lenormand. No, I've got some all sorts of beautiful ones, but that's what I use. So did you say that you didn't actually draw the death card in your reading? Well, it, it was the card of loss. It was the five of cups. Which, right. you know, five of cups, three. Oh, there was, there, was, um, there was a little clip of somebody who dissected what I did, and then she brought up all the meanings of each card. Mm. And it was, uh, <laughs> I mean, the way I put it is that um, it's a five. So you've got three losses and two you've still got. But there was a whole list that she went down of all the terrible things going to happen to you. If it, <laughs> it is not the death card. It's not the death card. <laughs> but he, he's, he's got losses of billions of dollars stacking up nicely against him. <laughs> awesome. Anybody else? No need to look too cheerful about that. Had I seen great victory and success, mm. I would have said that with a straight face. Yeah. I'd have thrown up afterwards, but no matter about that. But no, I, I would have done because I, I, I just would have done. Yay, mm -hmm. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but but he was he was fun to work with as well. He was very pleasant. That's a good point, actually. On it's really hard as psychics to do stuff for ourselves. Do you feel that your own personal preconceptions or ideas, you know, could have could have coloured that result? I mean, it's very interesting that you got the result that you wanted, even though it's not the result that the client wanted. And I'm not I'm not suggesting any mucking about. But in in what sense do you think that do you think that that could the, the stuff can kind of filter through from our own personal desires into... No, 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 absolutely not. Like no, because I said the way, I don't know whether it was very clear, but as I said, the deck was, you know, upright, one on top of the other, and he very jokingly said, nobody must touch this, and only when he asked, did I spread it out and pick up a random card? So was there anything else, other forces? No, it was a random card. There was no sleight of hand, there was nothing at all of that, no. Mm -mm. Did you sense any shock from the from the host? Bear in mind that they are very pro. <laughs> oh well, you see, the thing is, um, okay. Let, let's back up a bit. I've done a lot of television shows, and hosts on camera and off camera are usually wildly different things. He was extremely pleasant, and we were having a laugh. We were having a giggle. Now, let me pose a thought because I don't know. I don't know. Not presuming, but. We know their party line, but does that mean everybody who works there feels that same way? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. I don't know. But, you know, it, it, I mean, that's why I got so much attention because the old fox, she said something terrible. Oh, he must have been so upset. He wasn't upset. We were having a laugh. But, yeah. uh, but his personal points of view, I, I, don't, I can't speak of it because I don't, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But we certainly were having a laugh. In your... Uh other work you know for your other clients do you do you also get asked you know without revealing anything of course do you also get asked for similar kind of events you know wanting to know political futures or well, game uh, futures and stuff there is a client i've got from that sort of part of the world who um from the start has been asking about the ukrainian and i just got it wrong so often so we said well you know we're, we're, we really can't do this. And the thing about the Middle East, bear in mind, I live in New York. Um, I know too much, and I've got too much of a, I got too much knowledge about that part of the world. I cannot look at it yeah. Yeah. in a neutral fashion. 
it's very hard, isn't it, as an intuitive to to remain unbiased in 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 everything that we're trying to give an answer for, really. Well, if, if it's a world event, I mean, it's um, oh, well, let's go back. I'm missing a whole thing. For about thirty six years, I did the world predictions for Cindy Adams, and I got some strange, strange international stuff. Oh, can I tell you my favourite? Yes, I'm going to tell you my favourite. Yeah, go for it. It was some years ago, and I saw that the president or prime minister or whatever it was, it was Ethiopia, was going to stand down in, I forget, it was February or March. Okay. So I put those into Cindy, and and he did. Now, I looked up, this is before Google or anything else, mm-hmm. um, and he did. But I realized afterwards he'd been there 60, 16 years odd. So yeah. I would say to anybody, okay, all right, you don't believe it. Did you think that I telephoned Mr. whatever his name is and I look, be a good chap. I've said this about you, so you could just shuffle off. I don't think so. And I mean, um, I'm no longer doing that for Sydney, but what I used to do is I'd have a yellow legal pad, international, national, and New York City, and I'd just get one-liners, not check anything and send it out. So um, the thing about the big international events, the big events in one's own life, I see is already there. Otherwise, how can I possibly see these things? I can't see them if they're not there. Yeah. So sometimes, like with the uh, war stuff, you're doing for your client, you're wrong. So we can we can see stuff and think it's there and then it isn't. So, you know, would you say it's definitely there or do you think it's more like a probability, more likely than not kind of thing? Well, I can always do the fudging thing, which I don't, saying time's elusive. Well, it is, isn't it? It's... Yeah, yeah it, it is. But, um, it is. And I, I, I said, I, I don't know. So I've, I've said to this particular client, well, wait, wait, there's no point in I keep doing this. I mean, I keep saying the same, same thing. It hasn't yeah. happened. So um, we'll just leave that alone. Yeah. But most people, I mean, just about all people, want to know about their own situations. Yeah. That's what they come for. Did you... Um... Sorry, Josh. I was going to say, did you have any premonitions of the, uh, you know, the events that's pretty much changed all our future, the uh, the nine one one events at all? No, and that's an interesting thing because afterwards, the world and its great aunt said, "Oh, I saw that, and I knew that." And oh. no, see, to me, again, my own strict rules. If I couldn't produce a television show or newspaper predating event, I don't, I don't anything about it because the whole world had perhaps the whole world did see something i'm not interested in i mean from a sprint unless it, somebody can actually prove it yeah so which is i know but, but i would funny you should mention that i was just talking to a client who just left and she was down there at that time it was it was horrific mm. it was it was indescribable indescribable it's it's um i mean a lot of people come tourists and say oh can we go and have a look and whatever i can't yeah. even look, i can't look at the freedom time right yeah so it's not something that one wants to have a little chat about sure yeah it was it was appalling yeah it's, it, it's definitely an interesting one because i have looked into it quite a lot um and i can't find any credible evidence from anyone that i know is a credible psychic that anyone picked anything up Exactly, exactly. I think even Ingo suggested that he did before. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, as you, I am not aware of anybody. I mean, every, the whole world came up with, oh, I saw this and that and the other. Yes, well, where's yeah. the proof? I said, I've got these really strong rules for me. I don't care yeah. about anybody else's. 
but I've got mm. rules for me. Have you ever tried working blind, where somebody just tells you, I've got a question, can you answer it, without telling you what the oh, question is, to sort of exactly. get around oh. your... No, 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 that's exactly what I do. When a client arrives, do the handwriting, then I do the general reading, and I do not allow them to say one word. Because in the general reading, I apparently get just about everything they want to know, one way or another. And then questions, um, after that they can ask questions, but only one or two words like love, money, I've got to operate without information. Because also, the, a client, in any questions, they've got their spin on it, their wishes. I, I don't want to know all that. I just want to see what I see. So, um, does that answer your question? Yeah. yeah they do. I, I <laughs> Are they allowed to come with a very specific question that they don't oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, all right. So, suppose yeah. you want to know about... Um, uh, your love life. Not you personally, believe me. <laughs> so, um, you know, things are sort of difficult at home. Um, but I don't really, I don't know that. So I'm looking at it and seeing the difficult at home. So I put this in a way. Um, yeah, difficult questions. I mean, I saw one today. Sorry, my rambling. What was your question? No, no, no. It was about blinding. If people are allowed to come to you with a really, really specific question and they don't tell you what it is, do they don't bias you? But, you know, so they, of, they, should they, I invest in silver oh, no, 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 on Tuesday at 12 o'clock in the morning? No, you, you, no, you've used the dreaded word. There's no sorry and there's no should I. Don't allow those. Because if somebody asks what I, sh what I think they should be doing, they're asking my personal mm. opinion. But it's very different from what I see. Uh, but to go back to your question, um, they might just ask me about, say, money. And I give them a whole answer, but they don't have to say anything. They don't have to tell me or anything because that's not really a, what I do. And we're not having a chat. I mean, hmm. they might like to expand upon it a bit. Yeah. But, but if they wanted to know something really specific, if they were considering a particular investment, you know, you would just get that automatically or? Well, that's how I get all yeah. my information. I mean, because um, I don't ask them. I don't, I mean, uh, Okay, let's, let's go back to what I'm saying. Um, I start with the general reading, and I don't know anything about them. Mm. And I guess a lot of the answers. Then in the questions, it isn't the whole big question. It might be just love or money. And that would cover, I mean, Murray, money would cover, say, if there was going to be a big investment I might do. Mm. So yeah. Am I asking them specific questions? I mean, if somebody, I don't know, suppose they, okay. Um, suppose somebody's considering a business partnership, and I see something's, then they might want to have a choice of, say, three possibilities, people they might take on as partners. Then we can work, I can work with just the first name or the first initial of each person to see which is most favoured. Mm. That's not the question. Uh, so yeah. then they be very, very specific. Yes. Yeah. What I do is ask people to write a list and number them and then just go one, two, three, four and go through them so they don't oh, even get an initial. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll... from practicing remote viewing, it makes you nerdy and interested yeah. in numbers. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I can't add two and two, so numbers aren't quite Crowley yeah. uh, <laughs> allegedly had a method where he would sort of zero in on their question. He would pick a card to represent the individual and shuffle it into a bunch of, into like 12 decks, and then he would spread it out according to astrological assignments, like, oh, this is in the house of money, and he would kind of zero in until he got to the actual answer. Why are you so laborious? That's the, that's the opposite of me, where I just flow. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's... Uh, that sounds like a total nightmare. Yeah. That, that, that's just the opposite of what I do. I'm not saying it's invalid, because I don't no. talk about anybody else's work. 
No, and Is you it? can do really what, like you say, chicken entrails. You can do whatever you want, and it will work. It's just how much labour do you want to do to get there? Yeah. I, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Because sometimes clients, they do ask, are you just going to use the tarot? Yeah, what exactly? If you really knew what I was getting my information from. You say, I can get the crystal ball out, but it will charge extra, isn't it? But i tell you what, there's, there's another thing about terror. If I see people face-to-face, it's less, it's non-threatening because they're looking at pretty cards. And I, I, I make limited eye contact until I'm... So, so they're looking at cards, and it doesn't matter what I'm doing, I, I'm reading pretty cards, and it's not threatening. Because if they knew what I was really doing, they'd run out screaming. What are you really doing? I'm speaking to the other world. You can see my point. I mean, uh, tarot is pretty. Mm. It's, not, it's not threatening. Mm. I'm just reading a few cards. Yeah. I'm coming up with funny information. Well, but, um, but I mean, yes, if people knew what was really happening, it would be, um, it would be more than people could take on. Yeah. And you see, I look like um, a very regular person. I'm not, but I look like a regular normal person, which again is non-threatening. Yeah, and if we could just ask a, a quick question about you know your your interactions with with Ingo Swan, you know the creator of, of RV, you know the father of RV, we call him, and you know a, a great writer and a gifted artist as well, creative, mm. all round creative, I would say. Um, you obviously, you know, because you worked several projects for Ingo, which we've we've probably seen the results for. You know the, uh, the penetration moon stuff and the uh, particularly the uh, the um, pyramids one in Egypt. Yeah. Oh, well, let, let, just let, let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you because I do things like this. I pulled out, and this is totally relevant to what you're about to talk about. This, you see this? Yep. Now the thing about it is. I now realize that what I saw, and including the moon, had been seen by a lot of other people before. But he knew I knew nothing. And that's why my, my, my work was sent off to the CIA or whatever else it was, because he knew I was, I was just totally blind. Does that answer your question? Sorry, I'm rambling on. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask, uh, you know, you, you hang around with, um, I've seen the photographs, a lot of, re- you know, because Ingo did, he hang around with a lot of really interesting people back 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 in those days um is there any particular person or weird event that sticks in your mind more than anything that happened in that in that circle of people no because we weren't doing weird we were um i mean even the moon it was just as far as i was concerned casually was sitting there one day i said do you want to go to the moon off i was off to the races and even the thing about the pyramid i had no knowledge of being exactly the same time as four or five other people we weren't doing weird stuff we were doing going out to dinner and watching him paint and his family and my family. And, and it was just normal stuff yep. because most people, I mean, you know, Inga wasn't walking around sort of doing weird stuff. <laughs> I mean, any more than I'm walking around doing weird stuff, but we see our weird, I don't quite what to say. I mean, we had in many ways, um, and well, would the other two like to know how I started my thing with Inga? Yeah, yeah, because oh, this is a whole, you know, the psychic guys here have a whole new audience of people than what we've discussed. Oh, yes, yes, okay. They don't know that. Okay, so let's go back to Michael and Mayer, this parapsychologist. And she rang me up day, uh, one day and said, you know, I want to meet you downtown. And I we went to this funny, strange place and met this strange man. I didn't know who he was. And they both liked a little bit of a drink. And I don't really drink, but 
And he gets champagne was going around. So I had a glass of champagne just to be social. Then I realized they wanted me to walk one of the rooms. Now, he lived in a very big converted um, factory. So there were five different floors, you know, a thousand square feet each one. And there was one that was completely empty. So I went up there to walk. And when I walk around, oh, that's nothing. I don't fast. I don't burn sage. I don't charter. None of that stuff. So I walked around and towards, I remember very clearly, the top left-hand window, the front of the window, there was music, very, very loud music. And I, I was also aware that somebody had died in the, um, in the bathroom. Now, the music, one of his most troubled tenants had a jukebox there. So I, as I was saying, I earned my place at the table. But then after that, he liked sort of being around me. We sort of liked each other. But that's how I, uh, and then I think the thing about Ingo, I mean, I'd love to ask him now, because it's too late. Um, he knew much more about what I was than I knew. He really knew who I was and what I was. I didn't, but he did. But as I said, it, we, we just had Christmases together with our families and my family. It was, um, I was his Girlfriend for several years. <laughs> I would have loved to have attended the uh, one of the uh, dinner parties. I've seen pictures oh, of you. They, they, they were. Um, they, they were. Oh, you, you've seen, of course, the book that Ellie put out. Yeah, that, book, yeah, that book. Yeah, I did some illustration work for that book. That book. Right, a lot of my photographs are in there. That yeah. he put out these wonderful. I mean, all he had was a little ring. Little, to, to burner, and occasionally he'd borrowed it off of them some, and he'd produce these wonderful meals. I mean, just, just and all the the crystal and the china. I think the the crystal glasses came from SS France, which went down whenever it was. It was all it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes I remember once um, one of his friends was there, Andy Kay. He was an artist, and they'd had a little bit of a tiff or something. So Ingo just threw us all out. <laughs> That's all that. <laughs> he, he, he could be a little temperamental. <laughs> yeah. In his correspondence, you could see that uh, he's he's quite prone to have a, have a bit of a fit now and again. Yes, yes he did. He just threw us all out. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Oh, that's well, I, psychics for you, though, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had wonderful Christmases and birthdays together. I was very, very fond of Ellie. And she, she was sort of, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I mean, she'd say this herself. She was like my niece. Yeah. We spent yeah. a lot of families, and then there was his mother. Oh. <laughs> I, she used to send me screeds, pages and pages and pages of abusive letters. Why wasn't I marrying her son? <laughs> <laughs> I should have kept them, but I, 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 <laughs> no. yeah, they would they would have been great in the uh, in the archives. With oh, they would have been. They would have been, but they were so offensive. <laughs> 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 I, I, I should you. I, I just, yeah, yeah. I was just there as a friend. But it's all a colourful history, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, as as we've discussed previously, I only I only visited once. Um, but you know, being being a photographer and a creative myself, I I just find the space, um, especially the uh, the ground floor. You know, his his studio. The basement. Yes. Yes. Yeah. With, with his Millennium painting and his big table there and all his all his old furniture, I did find it very. Um, a very cre yeah, it felt like a very amazing, creative, but dark, smoky space. Well, then yeah. that's, that's where we spent most of our time because yeah. I used to, I used to watch him painting, and we would just um, hang out and we'd just I suppose there were many many hours of just 
silence really just yeah. I was painting I was doing and I was just sort of hanging out it, it, it was very I know the best word comfortable we were yeah. very very yeah. comfortable with each other because you see the thing is as I've said to Daz before I never asked him for anything whereas he once said to a mutual friend that everybody in the world wanted something from him yeah but what were they I mean you know yourselves that he could have had a line from here thousands of people would like to have seen him but he wasn't getting anything out of them. Yeah. But with me, I, I mean, I wish now I had asked him about the moon and the pyramids and everything else. I never asked him for anything. Yeah. So it was comfortable. It was comfortable. I wasn't asking him for anything. It just, we, were, we were friends. Yes, yeah. We were and, you know, again, being a creative and a photographer, especially I'm, I'm a street documentary photographer, um, and the location of, you know, 357 in the Bowery, a lot's changed in New York, New York over, over the last 30, 40 years is, you know. Well, that hasn't, that hasn't, that building hasn't. I've seen it recently. Yeah, the building's, the building's still there. It's still very red in, and very central. Um, but that, the area around it has changed. Uh, oh, have you, unbelievable. I mean, he, he would be shocked to the core. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a, there's all sorts of fancy restaurants and hotels and boutiques and God only knows what. It is unrecognizable. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, in your time living in New York, mm. have you seen uh, have you seen a lot of changes in New York as as a as a city? Oh, good heavens! I mean, I arrived here in '78. I mean, it was a horror story. I mean, Forty Second Street and Times Square, prostitutes, drug addicts laid out on the pavement. I mean, it was horrific, absolutely horrific. Um, it's changed radically. Yeah. It's changed radically. So, and I'm Go sorry. Ahead, Forgive me if this question goes a little too far into the weeds, but uh, it's a question that's uh, regarding ego that's been burning at my soul for quite some time, Paula, and I'm hoping you can shed some light on it. Absolutely. So, uh, as as you obviously know, Ingo Swan was a a gay man. Oh, oh, and (laughs) you you may have heard once or twice. And what he also was, was at least for a certain portion of his life, he was an OT7 Scientologist. And in there... No, 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 sorry, sorry, just just back up. He was with Hubbard way before Scientologist was actually a name or thing. So did he know Hubbard before? That was my understanding, but yes, do go on. If, if there's any information that, like, you could share about that aspect of his life, because it really confuses me that in uh, their belief system, they have this concept called a uh, emotional tone scale, where basically one of the statements Hubbard makes is that uh, homosexual people are literally in a state worse than death, and a lot of them were persecuted for their orientations. I'm wondering if you happen to know if Ingo experienced any kind of situation like that? or. Well, I- Okay, let's go back. I mean, he was born in what thirty-three. I've got, uh, I've got this right beside me at all times. <laughs> so, um, and he came from um, Colorado, Telluride before it was now Sky. He came from uh, a time when men were very heavily closeted, very, and he he always had a girlfriend. Or if you read his books, he was engaged a few times. Um, so. His interaction with Hubbard, that I, I can't speak of it because I don't know, but I would not have thought he would be around anybody who was professing those sort of ideas. I, but I can't speak to it because that was long ago. I, I don't know. 
So you say he was friends with Hubbard before the Scientology thing. Do you know yeah. how they met or anything about that? I, I, no, I don't. I don't. Mm. No, I don't. Oh, it's interesting to know, though. I hadn't realised that yeah. their relationship predated his membership in Scientology. Oh, yes. It was a long time before. It was a long, mm. long time it, before. It was, um, yeah, yeah. Did he ever... Well, did you ever uh, did, sorry, did he ever uh, practice? Like, or did you ever see him auditing himself, or did he invite you to the local advanced org or anything like that? No, no, no. He might have been out of the um, Scientology by then. I think he allegedly left Scientology about 77, 78, or something. Yeah, but that was before me, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, um, yeah, way before. But there was one thing about him being gay. Uh, are you familiar with the painter, The Light Bearer? I have a very big uh, copy of it framed on my wall right here in front of me. Okay, so I've got a story about that. Um, he was painting, and he just once, because there was originally, there was another version of it, and there's this sort of very, very, like, East Village, muscular, sort of Latino man with with leather straps all over him and buckles things. So he did actually once ask me, he made the mistake of asking me what I thought of it. I thought, oh, I'm going to say it. I said, well, um, not sure it really appeals to women so much. And so he had a hissy fit, but then he changed it all afterwards. Yeah. But my point is he sometimes, he couldn't see that. He was unaware. He was, he was not really, um, he was unaware of a lot of things like that. He just yeah. wasn't aware. I'm a, again, because I'm a creative, I'm a, uh, and a photographer, I'm a huge, I'm actually a huge fan of Ingo's um, er erotic art. Let's put it that way. I think, you know. Oh, I think just a second, just a second. I've got a story about that. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you'd ever encountered any of Ingo's erotic art or, or if he kept oh, it Oh, no, no, no. I, I, there was um, an exhibition downtown, obviously, after he died, um, of his opinion, and it was put on by the Museum of lesbian or gays or whatever it was called. Yeah. And the man sort of interestingly went on and on and on about Ingo being gay. And I thought, he would be so furious. And there was another part of the studio behind walls, sort of tucked away. Yeah. And I went and saw things that even though, but Ingo would never have wanted anybody like me to see anything like that. Or yeah. that be public. No, no, no. He'd been extremely upset. Ah, interesting. Extremely upset because you see, I was his girlfriend, so he wouldn't be sort of you no. Know, well, yeah, yeah. So you, you never read any of his because he wrote uh, erotic fiction for a while, didn't he? As well, yeah. he never shared that. That was, that was a long time ago, and he was really yeah, young. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just to yeah. the rent or whatever. But no, he was. Um, no, I mean, you know, I, I think I've heard from a family member he wasn't known really to have had any real relationships. Yeah. Other than his girlfriends, but no, he wasn't known to have had any relationships. I mean, serious relationships. Um, if that answers your question. Um, curiosity as well, because the the area that you know you you went when you went to see Ingo, that whole area was a very creative area back. You know, back well, in the East, East, East Village still is. I mean, just yeah. across. When it gets Did you see any of the people that were very close by? Because I think Basquiat was close by, um, Warhol was close by, many, many people like that. I, well, I'm told frequented with Ingo and, and his friends. I just wondered if you mixed with any of those. No, I, I didn't meet anybody like that, no. I mean, I saw Warhol here and there, but um, yeah, he was strange. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, no. Um, a lot of the people that I met 
they're either friends or they were um, like Colin Wilson writers or yeah. M- 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 Alex Image yeah. and um, Keel Mothman. Um, okay, yeah. Cresco, he was a friend with Cresco. You also met um, uh, a colleague who I met as well, Bob Bob Durant. Um, we spent a lot of time together, the three of us, a lot, a lot. Of, oh, Bob was adorable. Um, yeah, he was, we often yeah. went and had dinner together, and um, yeah, I'm very fond of Bob, and I went down to his house a couple of times. Yeah, he was the person I saw most of. Yeah, yeah, he was a good friend of England. Oh, I, I sorely miss having conversations with him. Yeah, He was a lovely, lovely, lovely man. Awesome. It sounds like you had some fantastic experiences, you know, uh, and as I said, as a photographer, oh, if I could go back to the 70s New York and take pictures there, uh, I would give my left arm for that kind of thing, I think. It, it was absolutely awful. It was, yeah. it was horrific. I mean, all sorts of things. I lived near Second Avenue. Well, you didn't go out on March the 17th because it's all, and, and the people would be walking around blind drunk. It was, it was hideous. It's all sort of sanitized now. But but the Halloween parade, I was there when it was. Does everybody know what the Halloween parade was? It is. No, no, oh, no. it's the gay parade where they all go around their okay, yeah. and whatever. But it used to be a sort of <clears throat> free floating, ambling thing down in the village. It's now on Sixth Avenue, they've got barricades. Never mind about that. So um, a friend of mine, an English friend of mine, um, Halloween is often very warm. There's a relevance to that. So we got dressed up. She had a sort of ball gown on, and I had a sort of ball gown on. Oh, what yeah. the others don't, you've met me. I'm five foot nine. This is relevant. <laughs> so I had on this ball gown with fluffy sleeves and heels. And we went down, we were wandering around. I became aware that the um, the boys in all their, there were people looking at me very, very sort of, <laughs> they must have thought, he looked pretty darn good as a woman because I was so tall. I mean, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I knew a lot of, oh, just such lovely, delightful, funny, incredibly amusing gay men. But of course, AIDS was there Yeah. shortly afterwards. I mean, we just, a couple of us, we, we just spent all the time with our gay friends because they were just so, they were everything. It's almost a caricature of yeah. how... Fun. I mean, take my my sort of Monica, the English psychic. When I was starting out, and one guy where I said, "Well, how about the English psychic?" I said, "Well, that's corny." And he said, "Well, you're not the French pastry chef, are you?" So it was the English I mean, they're just 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 wonderful people. Yeah. I mean, just just, but they yeah, they they were a big part of um, my early life here. But it was um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if these guys got any more questions. I feel like I'm dominating this last bit of the questions, but I have, a, you know, one question I've wondered is, is there anything, you know, could we ask you a lot about your past work? Is there anything you, you really feel you want to do in the near future, you know, psychic wise, do you have any aims like books, TV shows or, or anything oh, like that? Uh, yeah, you again asked a good question. Um, I realized a long, long time ago, if I deliberately went after something, never happened. Everything has to be offered to me. And it's not that I'm being passive because I know that from years. So do I have any plans? I can't, like, Fox. I mean, I did Fox once, like, I don't know, 15 years ago. It has to come to me. That's the only way it works. So if that's, that answers your question. Good answer, yeah. But I'm, I'm still sort of still sitting on my little cloud of being the most famous in the entire world ever. <laughs> I'm having such fun with that. <laughs> 
But the thing is, it's true. <laughs> there's no, there's no such thing as, uh, as you know, bad publicity. It's all, it's all good. Now, Take I, you can get. Speaking I've of, uh, speaking of publicity, do you happen to have any uh, social media or any anything you'd like to advertise as well? Um, as I, I've, got, I've got my website. People keep telling me I've got to do Instagram and TikTok and uh, whatever else and, and whatever. And I'm, I'm I'm trying, but I've been I've been so busy with this yeah, other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, just put something sort of. So I, I put out. I think Paula, you would make a killing on TikTok. Yeah, yeah, the tarot, would, tarot yeah, TikTok is a, a very big space. You would do fantastic, especially is, with the Fox show. It's not that I'm not, but I, I can't even begin to tell you how busy I've been these last six yeah. weeks. I mean, not that I've seen 10 million clients, but <laughs> I, I mean, I keep saying to people, I'm not overwhelmed, I'm not overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. It's, it's quieting down a bit, but it has been not complaining, but it's been incredibly hard work. Yeah. Incredible because to deal with a new client takes, I mean, all clients take energy, of course it does, but dealing with a new client takes a lot more energy. And I'm dealing with every nationality you can imagine. So it's been very, um, I mean, for some time, more than once, four or five days except to get milk, I haven't left the house. I've been amazingly busy. So have I got a TikTok? And have I last weekend did a little video of the cheeses? I was, whatever. But um, yes, and in fact, I've got a pictures out. Oh, Instagram, I do Instagram. Um, yeah. I went to a hotel, the Highline Hotel, where Ingo's uh, got some paintings. I, I hadn't seen that before. But I'm from my visit. That's a visit thing I definitely want to do next time I get to New oh, York. I tell you, it's it's lovely. I, mean, I didn't even know that place. It's because it looks like part of the Red Brick Seminary behind. Yeah. There's there's no restaurant or something, but we have a coffee and the places to eat. And I had a picture of looked terrible, but a picture of me beside a picture of Ingo and behind beside some of his photographs. Do so, they do cakes or is it just tea? No, I, I they might do biscuits. I wasn't offered a biscuit. I was only offered coffee. <laughs> but they've got a very nice place um in the front where you can sit on the back and yeah, yeah and you you can sit on one of Ingo's couches. So yeah, thanks. Paul, if, I, if I'm planning to get to New York, uh, okay. if I can get to New York, uh, let's go there for for, for another day. Coffee, that would be lovely because yeah. it is very atmospheric. And then also down the town, um, you probably haven't been to Chelsea Market. No, you haven't. Uh, no, I haven't. I only spent uh, three three days in New York. Oh, and it yeah, was near, near enough. Fine okay, it was, yeah, okay, fine. So, oh, there's lot, there's lots to show you. There's lots yeah. to show. I mean, I've got a friend. I'm seeing her tomorrow. For the last like twenty years or so, I've spent most Saturdays with her. And what do we do? We go and we look and we see and we do. And there's so much more to New York than I mean. A lot of my people who've never even been to America think it's all Sixth Avenue in the South Bronx in the seventies. No, it is not. It is not. There are some wonderful places here, and we very rarely spend money. Don't yeah. spend money. Um, and there's a lot to see. I mean, there's a tremendous amount, for example, you're not Art Deco. Yes. There's a lot of Art Deco stuff here. And there's, um, now, am I saying, because I was in London in July, which is just, oh, God, so gorgeous. Is this a gorgeous city? Let's uh-huh. be polite. No, <laughs> no. But <laughs> there are some really, really, another little thing. I mean, the end of August for 10 days, so the beginning of September, the Met Opera House has on their plaza outside, which is a big sort of open space, HD screens, and they put up their best operas. 
And I've yes. been going for years. I've now seen 40 or 50 of the wow. yeah. Free. They have seats. They have seats. Yes. And I, I mean, I didn't realize I was a, I'd become an opera buff. And it's free. And it's yes. wonderful. Um, you just have to put your nose outside the door. I mean, tomorrow, we're, yes. my friend, she's the one who finds these friends things for me. And she's found something Revlon's doing a sort of come down and we're doing whatever. It doesn't matter. We, it doesn't matter because sometimes we go to things that's wonderful. But sometimes it isn't. We don't care, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. What? I, I went to the Met for, uh, and I spent an entire day there, and I didn't hardly see anything. Are oh, you talking about? I'm talking about the Met Opera. Are you talking about the Met? Uh, the Met Opera. I'm talking about the yeah, the Met uh, Opera. Art the, the, yes, yes. Yeah. Which is funny because I've just got my membership card from there. See? Ah, very nice. It's a wonderful place. It's a wonderful, and the Opera House is spectacular. But I said um, they put a. And I say to people about the operas, you know. I, what do you think? I was trying to sell them something. I said, I'm not trying to sell you something. I'll be there. You want to come? You come. And people yeah. can't be bothered. I mean, but we can be bothered. We can be yeah. bothered. We go and we see and we do. And um, it's it's not what people think it is. Yeah. I mean, if you ever have, for example, did something my knee, and if you're walking around with a stick, people are so kind and so nice. It's it's. It's not the way it's portrayed. It isn't. It isn't. I mean, I live in a huge building of, was it 524 apartments? And, you know, nodding terms and passing the time of day with neighbours the way you would probably even more than in England. It's, um, don't know each other's name, but it doesn't matter. How, how did you find it coming? Because, you know, I, I met you for lunch in, in London and that, that was fantastic. How, how did you find it? Because it's been some years since you've been back to England, hasn't it? Oh, well, um, obviously I saw my friend. I mean, I'm just bowled over by the beauty of the place. I mean, I've, I've got a nephew who works there now, and he sends me the pictures of these just beautiful scapes. I mean, one of the first things I always notice when I go to England is I have to go to a park, plenty of parks, because the light there is so fabulous. It comes in at a different angle, and it's so beautiful, the light, the natural light, because obviously you're very, very much further north than we are here. Um, and it's clean, and you've got flowers everywhere, and the food's lovely. People aren't bad either, except, of course, I was there in July, as you know. There weren't many English people around. No, lots of tourists, yeah. I mean, just, but it, it was, oh, it's gorgeous. But, but you but I did not thrive there, and I know that. Yeah, yeah, the weather's harsh. Uh, but, you know, you, you'd like it out where David is. He's up, he's up more north, and he spends a lot of time <laughs> barefoot walking in the woods. And all well, right. I, I, I visited people in... It's well, not about warm. Oxford, no, <laughs> Oxford, and then um, my nephew, I visited him in the Cotswolds. Um, but London itself, I mean, it's just... Oh, huh, disappeared. Yeah, no, um, there you are here. Yeah, I... Um, what can you say? It's just very, very different. Yes. It's very different. I mean, but I keep saying, I mean, is London a thousand times more advanced than this place over here? But New York has been the only place that I could have become who I was supposed to become. I did not thrive in London. I love London, but it wasn't for me. Yeah. I mean, yep. again, that, that thing, of, you know, people say here, you know, if you don't say, oh, cheers, good. And then people in England, as I said, they either say absolutely nothing or they mutter or one person did say, you don't want to make a fool of yourself, do you? If you ever uh, find yourself in the Nashville area, I'd also love to sit down and talk shop. Where, where are you? Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, Nashville. Okay. Nashville. Oh, music. Music. Yep. Trying to know. 
that would be interesting. I haven't, I haven't done much traveling. I must say, in the states, I've been to a few places. If I never see California again, that'll be too soon. <laughs> um, but the, but the the South interests me, in as much as not seen it, but it does interest me. And is the uh, is the kind of like psychic circle of people big in in New York, or is it is it? Is it just... Ah, well, that's a good question. When I was first here, there were about let's say several big name people. Big, big, big names. Well, they've all passed out. And there aren't any... Okay, and so people used to talk to me. You know, they'd seen this one and that one. I always never want to know. But there were some big names. There aren't any other big names. Well, um, but no, there isn't, a cir- there isn't a circle. But one certainly was hearing about those people for... Yeah. quite, And then it just sort of... I suppose they all died, actually. But um, no, that doesn't exist anymore. Wow, Okay does not exist it's um which is funny because when you come to think of it everything is so much more public now you think it would be yeah but yeah, yeah. it it was it's the opposite now yeah a big a big you know financial kind of business hub of, of the world i'd expect to see it to be on on every street corner kind of thing really oh well, it is but those are the gypsies i thought i mentioned <laughs> i mean do people still are taken in by the gypsies and I'd say to somebody if they were in New York and they'd lost, I don't know, how many thousand? I said, well, you know, all those shops. I said, think about it. You live in New York. They're all in main streets or good areas. You know they can't be paying the rent on $5 reading. I mean, think of it. <laughs> what can I say? People are still taken in by them. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> so... Sorry to bring us back to something approximating the topic at hand, but... Um... <laughs> I do ramble on, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's entirely Daz's fault. You can blame him. <laughs> so your psychic experiences, do you have spontaneous things happening? Because it sounds like, especially in the past, New York was a really vibrant, emotionally intense place to be. Did you find yourself having weird psychic experiences in that environment? Well, it depends what you mean by that. I mean, let me answer this. <clears throat> Do I sometimes, not often, have things flying around? Yes, it depends what you oh, mean. Oh, I didn't mean flying things. You know, just any any sort of, did um, the environment impact on you in a psychic way, I suppose, rather than... Well, I, I've got another answer for you. I'm protected. I've got a sort of um, pact, if you like, with them, especially in my apartment. I've sort of said to them, I actually had a conversation with them, said, now look here, I will... Spread the word. You've got to look after me. And it works. It works. People who are sensitive to atmosphere, they come in here and they 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 feel it's a little different. But by the time they get to the elevator, nothing of them, not a speck remains. So, mm-hmm. um, but that's a pact I actually made, sort of, quite a little chat with the from. So I'm protected. Because if I walked around wide open, I'd be a crazy person a long time before now. Mm. So, when you were younger, when you were hanging about with Ingo, did you have that sort of arrangement in place or were you more open back then? Uh, I was living somewhere different. I think it, it, it evolved. But I think I've always been protected. Mm. Because, well, I mean, I couldn't have lasted that long if I wasn't protected. Yeah. There's one thing I did take from the Spiritualist Association. They did say it's much more important to close down than to open up. I do know. I mean, I've known people. I'm sure you've known such people. They start talking about the life of the person in the sub, in the supermarket line. And they may be completely right, but it's an invasion of privacy and they get burned out. So people think I, they walk around knowing all about them. 
I don't, <laughs> also, I don't, <laughs> I have enough stories. I mean, I've got my own life. Um, so people do that as a sort of vanity thing, and perhaps they're accurate, but they finish up like basket cases. And I don't walk around knowing everything about everybody. Mm. I don't want to. Did you hear that uh, story about when Ingo was doing the, the military stuff at SRI, the, the generals would come in and they didn't want to sit next to him in the cafeteria because they were scared he could read their mind. Oh, and he heard that go. Yeah. He doesn't need to sit next to you at lunch. Yeah. I can't answer to what Ingo knew about the people around him. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know. It's not something we sort of talked about. Um, but I very much doubt if he walks around knowing everything about everybody around him because you, your brain can't take in that much. No, no. Yeah. So tell us about the flying around things then. Because I think In Ingo saw one or two funny things like that. Let's fly around in here. No, uh, let's back up. Um, when something paranormal happens, always, always think is the logical reason for that to happen. Always discount the logical. And Look then the horse, not the zebra. <laughs> oh, exactly. So when you've discounted that, yeah. I mean, not often, but things have flown around in here. Not often. I mean, I think of it as somebody just saying hello. Mm. Doesn't worry me. Just somebody saying hello. If that answers the question. Yes. Hello. Throwing. <laughs> hello. As long as you don't do too much damage, I suppose. And I mean, is, no, no. That, is that painting behind you in Ingo? No, it's very like an Ingo. It's by Basil Alkazi. Um, he does ah. wonderful work. He lives in Monaco now. Um, he very kindly gave that to me when he left here. And I've got a lot of his um, smaller works, but it is it is it is Ingo-ish. But he's yeah. very well known in his own right, Basil Alkazi. It, it is glorious. Yes, it it is. Yeah, people do mistake yeah. one of Ingo's work, but it's just. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was looking at it going, it looks English, but I don't recognise it at all. And I was wondering if no. it was an, an, an no. Ingo we didn't know about with a no. great backstory, but no. no. <laughs> well, super. I think that is it for questions. Um, we've we, done, we do have we've all done those, everything, haven't we? Yeah, we have our website address as well, so mm -hmm. we can put that in the on, in the show notes. And for oh, our, if you our, let our, us know your TikTok and your Instagram, we can put those down there as well. Oh, so I have got them right in front of me, but um, my website... Yeah, I'll just send them on the email or something, or if oh, they're yes, on your website, we'll find right. them. Yeah, they're on There's the no website. Rush. I've got to... Oh. Um, I've got to get more up to date with that sort of thing. I've got to also change all my, yeah, whatever, yes. The, the website, I've got to put new things on that. But um, I've, what I've tried to be, well, not have to, I have managed, because it was a secretary in the past, I've, all the time in the last six months, six weeks, I think, what has to be done right now? Mm. And the rest, I've got to change my website. But um, I have been very disciplined with that because I had to be. I had yeah. to be, because otherwise you just get all scrambled. Um, yeah. yeah. So Didn't you say that you were a terrible secretary. Oh, I was the worst. But, but, but. <laughs> now, let, let, let me tell you, you've seen the fox thing. I'm a ham. Now, when I was at school, a long time ago, we had one of those career advisors when you're about 15. And, you know, what you want. And I said, well, I want to go to Raja because I was always Juliet. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. She said, overcrowded profession. You want to be a secretary. Okay, all right. So off I toddled Kingston Tech. Um didn't, I mean, short end time, he never really caught on. But I was, I came to the States with an American boyfriend at the time, a long time ago. And I thought, hmm, this is my sort of place. Went back to London. Now, at that time, 
before your time, there was a place called Brook Street Secretarial Agency, and they were giving green cards to come here, professionally changed secretary. They got me here. So, uh-huh. and then so I, the careers I, advisor was right. In, in a perverted sort of way, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so that I can be a, all my theatrical stuff. So um, that's the story there. And mm-hmm. I, 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 oh, there's more to that story. I mean, I was terrible. And also, I'm not set up to work for somebody, but, you know, you have to pay the rent. And I knew somebody in the field, and he said to me, I, I got fired once again. He said, you know, what you need to do is take unemployment, put an advert in the Village Voice then. And I said, well, taking unemployment is against my principle. He said, get over it. I did. <laughs> and that was how I started out. Um, and then he also had one of these local shows. I didn't know I could do it. You know, you're sitting there live at the camera. Okay, we'll have one of those. So that's how I started. But being a secretary. And also, as I said, I've got Rolodex cards. So I've managed to bring in some of my basic training to managing all this because it's been it's been a lot. Have a few mm-hmm. things slip through the cracks. Yes. But um yeah, so that's that's the answer to that. Oh, but I mean, do I work well with them? Oh, no, not really. <laughs> Excellent. Well, maybe one day we can get you back to do a uh, a live tarot card uh, presentation reading for us. Ooh, that would be podcast. fun. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Well, the thing well, about it, as I said, when Fox said they want to do a live one of Jesse online, I thought, well, that's not a good idea. <laughs> because people have said... what you wish for. Well, exactly. You know, oh, tell me anything. Like, just tell me anything. I think, okay... My wife's got three boyfriends, and who knows what? <laughs> well, you, uh, told me, you told me to tell you. <laughs> it can be, um, yes, it can be. Uh, I'm very glad they changed that because that would not have been a good idea. It would not have been. A, but also, I mean, uh, reading is. I mean, I had a client in here just a little while ago, and um, she's got a very precocious. I mean, that's in a good way. Fourteen-year-old daughter. And she said, you know, the daughter had asked her. And I said, no, no, not 14. No, no. I, I do events. I sometimes work with little children very, very carefully. But 14, no, no not happening. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, I don't deal with very young people just because young people don't come to me. But really, mm. 19... I imagine they can't afford your fees either. <laughs> well, they have that, that is too. <laughs> that too. But um, 19, 20, 21, but not 14. Mm. Mm. No, 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 no. Anything else I can do for anybody? Well, no, I think we'd better let you go because we've been on for an hour and three quarters now. Oh, so. I, can, I can chatter on. I've got a million stories. Well, I know, and it's a great pleasure, but we, we can't go on all night, can we? We've got no, to wrap it up. I, 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 but I'm I definitely do a part two at some point. I'm, yes. I'm gasping for a cup of tea. I'm gasping. Yes, yes. yes. So, yeah, actually, yeah. My, my, yeah. Nephew, right. my nephew for my birthday sent me a little hamper from Fortnum Masons. So oh, oh, lovely. Yeah. The, the, the mm. biscuits seem to have evaporated rather quickly. But they do <laughs> mind you that as well. It's terrible. <laughs> It's been very nice catching up again, though, Paul. It's been I nice do, too. My pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. Lovely to see you. So yep. I'll, I, I leave this on, do I, and it'll do whatever it is will do. Yes, yeah, I'll stop the recording and then it'll say uploading up there. Oh, we should say bye-bye, though, yeah. we, rather than discussing yes, yes. this on the air. Yeah, it's okay. Well, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> thanks for your time. <laughs> and thank you ever so much for joining us. Lovely yeah, thanks, everyone. Right. And have a lovely thanks. weekend. Yeah, and now I'll press stop. Okay.